Are you ready for some scalding hot takes? Talking Vikings with Dane Mizutani and Chase Frederick. This is Inside Purple and Gold. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani, joined today by our good friend Bobby Belt. He hosts the Love of the Star podcast for the Dallas Cowboys. It's an Odyssey Brother podcast. Um, we're happy to have him on today. Bobby, how you doing? I'm great. How are you doing, Dane? Thanks for having me. We're good. We're good. Um, snowing here in Minnesota. We've, we've gotten three straight days of, of little flurries of lucky. snow. You're lucky. So, uh, I don't think it's snowing down in Dallas, huh? No, it never does. It just <laughs> like when it gets cold, it's just cold. And then our uh, electric grid shuts down and everybody's freezing for three days. Yeah, that was crazy. Like, what was that? Two, three years ago, where the snow? Yeah, infected? yeah. I was in a. I was actually. That was. Uh, we we had taken my kids to like a little staycation, so we were in this hotel when it happened. And so then the hotel was without power, and we were kind of stuck. And like, well, we can't freeze here tonight. So I was within driving distance of work. So we drove over there very carefully and uh, had power there and slept in the uh, conference room for two days. There you go. Yeah, everyone in Minnesota was like, they wear this as like a badge of honor, like the snow. They're like, oh, it's only like two inches of snow. How can Texas not handle it? It's like they literally can't. There's no infrastructure no, there. No, and we, 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 we don't have trucks. Right. They don't, exactly. they, they don't sand the roads. The roads are just sheets of ice when we go there. And so and none of us have experience driving on it. Uh, the, the people who aren't native from Texas are are you know transplants from california and they don't know right. how to drive on it either so you know well glad you made it out of that that uh that scary portion of uh of that winter um and thanks for joining us today bobby let's talk about the nfc we'll get into the vikings and cowboys game coming up this sunday but on a broad kind of picture of the nfc like what's your take on it so far like to me like i thought the eagles were the only good team in the nfc i thought there was like a defined tier of like the Eagles and then the rest. Now I'm not so sure there is that defined tier anymore. I still think the Eagles are good, but I think it's just kind of a conglomerate of teams that could make a run. Um, how do you kind of digest the NFC right now? Kind of from a top heavy. Perspective? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, it's funny last year, a lot of the discussion was, man, the NFC's never been so vulnerable. Right. And, and like we get down here a year later and it's like, it's even more vulnerable this year. Because now, you know, Tom Brady has has not been Tom Brady. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers for a lot of the year have not been Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, except when they play the Cowboys last Sunday, I guess. Right. Um, you know, it's just it's a it's a very average, uh, you know, uh, NFC right now. And, and I think you're right. Philadelphia was the top team and, and still may be. Um, but I, I never felt like they were on the tier with. Buffalo and Kansas city. Like, like I felt like that was just a different level. Um, and Buffalo who's had their own struggles in recent weeks. Um, but, but to me, I think that, you know, it's probably Philly and Minnesota right now. Like, like I mean, honestly, it, it's so funny. I keep waiting for Minnesota to, when you just, you, I watched tape on them this week. They're very good. But when I look at it, I'm just like, how many like one possession games totally. in a row can you win? Like, I, I mean, you guys got to be having heart attacks out there. And so uh, there's a little bit of, you know, me wondering how sustainable is that? Uh, I don't I, I, I thought the, the the Eagles honestly kind of reminded me when they were eight. No, remind me of uh, you remember during the covid year that uh, that Steelers team yep. that was undefeated for 11 weeks. And everybody was like, is this really like this doesn't feel like an 11 and 0 team or whatever they were. And so 
kind of felt that way about Philly. Um, but right now it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a mess. I, I mean, it's, I feel like it's probably talent wise. It's, it's Minnesota, Philly, San Francisco near the top. Um, San Francisco hasn't put it together quite yet. Um, but man, it's just a, a vulnerable wide open, uh, NFC and not in a way that everybody's really good. It's that everybody's just very average. It feels like. Yeah. That's kind of like, I look at kind of the Cowboys and put them into like from an outsider's perspective. And I'm curious, we'll kind of touch deeper into the Cowboys on the next segment, Um, but from an outsider's perspective, like the Cowboys are are one I would put into that kind of mixed bag of of teams. And like, I think we agree on the fact that like Philly was the top dog. And now like, I I agree with you when, when you say like, wasn't sure how much that was real and how much it was just kind of a product of, of their schedule and and certain things breaking in their favor. Now I think it's fair to put all of them in that, that same kind of grouping, but the Cowboys, there's a reason they're favored this week. I think it's that defense it's, uh, you know, Dak coming back. It's, and it, I think they would have been favored by more had they not just lost to green Bay last week, but yeah, I, it's, yeah, it's a I, weird thing for me within the NFL. Right. Cause like the Cowboys are objectively better than green Bay, but they lost that can happen on any given week. You look sure. at the Rams last year, they lost three. They, I don't think they won a game in November and then they won the super bowl. So it's like any given week it can happen. Um, but I, I, I would throw the Cowboys in there. What happened last week though? Like, man, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, because there's, there's still a lot of, it was one of those things where when we're sitting there at Lambeau and, and the beat is all kind of gathered together and we were talking about the game after it ended, uh, we looked at it and we're just like, even with everything that went bad, they should have won this. Like they, they, this shouldn't have been a game they lost. Like, like it's hard to, to pin it on any one thing that happened. Um, you know, I, I, if you were to, 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 to narrow it down, because I know a lot of people try to throw it on, well, Dak threw two interceptions. Okay. Well, they Dak threw two interceptions and then they went up by two touchdowns. So that right. shouldn't like that had no impact. You should win a game when you're up by two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Um, I think that it was in large part, the inability to sustain drives in the fourth quarter. Um, they just, they, whether it be play calling or execution or whatever else, they just couldn't get it done in the fourth quarter on offense. And then on defense, it was you were allowing them to sustain drives. You were allowing them in the running game to keep things going. And then when Rodgers wanted to pick his points to pass, he was able to take advantage of young players like, you know, uh, Kelvin Joseph, who had to step in for Anthony Brown, uh, Deron Bland, who is now the starting nickel guy since uh, Jordan Lewis went down for the year. And so um, I think it was just young players in the secondary uh, getting taken advantage of and an entire unit that was plagued by guys who were were kind of freelancing. Micah Parsons talked about it after the game, the, and J. Ron Kirst mentioned it yesterday, that we can't have guys just doing their own thing. And 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 we had that happen a few mm-hmm. times. Guys who were just going rogue on an assignment or playing hero ball or, or what have you. And so um, I, I think that it, it ultimately comes down to the fact that they just they they couldn't sustain drives on offense and on defense they they were just porous in the run game and that allowed green bay to pick their spots when they wanted to push the ball downfield sure overtime fourth and three first possession of <laughs> overtime yeah from the green bay 35 what's your take that i think it's the right call to go for it like i, I don't know like maybe oh yeah uh, like 
you can take a chance, Brett Maher, you know, kicking the field goal there, but like, that's the right call, right? Yeah, Maher's been great this year, and Maher's got a really big leg, and yet you saw kicking in that direction all night. His totally. kickoffs were going to the 15. Like, like it was just surface, uh, wind, everything else. Uh, that's the same direction that Mason Crosby on their opening drive shorted it mm-hmm. from like 56 or however far he was kicking it from. And so to me, I didn't have a problem with it at all. Um, what I had a bigger problem with was – you know, Jalen Tolbert lining up offsides. Like, like I mean, I can't even say that that's a, a you know, a, a middle school mistake because my son who played middle school football always knew to look over and get a thumbs up from the ref. Yeah. Yep. And so, uh, I, I mean, it's just an unreal mistake in that sense. And then you get the, uh, you know, you ran the ball deep into Green Bay territory and you got a holding call on Connor yep. McGovern, set you back, and ultimately you never converted on that set of downs. And so uh, I think the holding call was huge, and I didn't like the call on fourth down. Yeah. I thought you could have had a better play design drawn up than you did. And, uh, you know, they, they weren't able to to pass protect long enough for, for Dak to, you know, hit CD lamb, who I think if they would have been able to hold a little bit longer, lamb is open in the middle of the field. But, um, you know, it was just, I think play calling stupid penalties. Uh, the, the, that's what really plagued them in overtime. And then once you give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers, you just kind of, I think feel like, Oh, this is Aaron Rodgers again, and he's going to do it again. And, and they're going to lose this game. Yeah. But regardless, I think this matchup, like it, it puts a little bit of a damper on. It could have been what felt like two like peaking Goliaths coming into this game on Sunday. I still think it's going to be a good game. We'll dig more into that when we come back from the break, just kind of what to expect on Sunday. Uh, Bobby, thanks for joining us. Thanks for sticking around um, more on the Vikings Cowboys when we come back.